going to be learning Lekutei Siches, Chelek Yudchas, Parshas Bamidbar, Bay Sivan. The, the Rebbe quotes an interesting halacha from the Alta Rebbe. It says, The meaning in these countries is not to say Tachnun and not to fast from Rosh Chodesh until the eighth day of the month, including the eighth day. The reasoning being, Because right after Rosh Chodesh, Moshe began working with the people regarding accepting the Torah. He started preparing them. And he's going to give you a little bit of the history. The Jewish people came to Har Sinai on Rosh Chodesh Sivan, which was a Monday. They got there on a Monday, which was Rosh Chodesh. The Tuesday, he tells them, you will be a mamlachas kainim, you will be a, a kingdom of priests, etc. Tells them that whole idea of, of what, he tells them about the miracles that happened in the past. And he also tells them about if you, when you accept, if you accept the Torah, you will become a mamlachas kainim, you will become a yitzir chaviv by Hashem. On Wednesday, he tells the mitzvah of Agbala that they're not allowed to go on the mountain. And on Thursday, he tells the mitzvah of Prisha, meaning is that they need to be separate from their wives for Thursday and Friday. And then on the third day of their separation, which is Shabbos, that's when they're going to get the Torah. So those, this is the build-up until Reish Chaitesh. So let's look at the first two points that the Alter Rebbe mentions. The first thing is that we, he says, we don't say Tachnon from Reish Chaitesh until the eighth day, because right after Reish Chaitesh, Moshe began dealing and, and, and discussing with them Kabbalah Satayra. And he tells us that on Monday was Reish Chaitesh. So the question is, why is he telling us that from that Monday was Reish Chaitesh and that's why we're not saying Tachnun, because it was the first of the eighth day of, of Moshe's preparation. L'chaira, we never say Rish, we never say Tachnun on Rosh Chaydesh. That's a monthly thing. So there's no purpose of the Alter Rebbe pointing out specifically the idea of Monday being Rosh Chaydesh, and therefore we don't say Tachnun because it was the first day that they got the Har Sinai. L'chaira, that's not the main reason why we don't say Tachnun. So that gives two interesting ideas. He says, the first answer is Alpipnimi Senyanim, is that even though there's no nafkmin halacha, because anyways they taka wouldn't have said tachlan on Rosh Chodesh, but he's telling us the idea of a shein b'shabbos was Rosh Chodesh because really on Rosh Chodesh itself, when they arrived at Har Sinai, that's when the preparations for Matan Torah began, because as it says in the pasuk that, that on that day v'yichan sham Yisrael negedahar, that on Monday on Rosh Chodesh the Yidden camped. Kenegid, uh, uh, the Har Sinai, which we know means So the first preparation for Matan Torah was the union of Avis Yisrael and Achdus Yisrael. So the Alter Rebbe mentions this as part of the preparations because the truth is it is one of the preparations. It's the preparation of Avis Yisrael, and that's also Meduyik. It says that Miyan says right after Reish Chaydish, Moshe began dealing with them. Why after Reish Chaydish? Because on Reish Chaydish was what they did on their own. On Reish Chaydish, as soon as they camped, they had this union of Achdus. Only on the next day, which would have been Tuesday, the second day that they arrived, which was a Tuesday, that's when Moshe Rabbeinu started going up to the mountain and, and, and having these discussions with the Shem and coming back and giving the Jewish people discussions. But on Reish Chaydish itself, 
was actually uh, a preparation that the Yidin did on their own, which is the Indian of Yichan Shom Yisrael Nagarahar. And that's why the Altar mentions that even though it's not Negeel Alacha, is because it is part of the preparations of, uh, of Matan Taira. A second idea, more Alder Chaylacha, he says, because we do find that uh, there are some minhagim, uh, it seems like, that used to fast on Rosh Chodesh. You give different sources for this idea of Rosh Chodesh Sivan. So therefore, in order to stress that you're not supposed to uh, fast on Rosh Chodesh Sivan, he also tells us that in addition to the usual idea that it's Rosh Chodesh, it's also the, when, when the Hachanas for Matan Torah began, to be Shoyal and Gansen, that other opinion that holds that you do fast on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. So that's regarding the first point that he mentions. That's Monday, the first day that they were there by Har Sinai, the first day of preparation, you know, obviously strong. What this sikha is mostly going to, be fa- is going to be focusing on is really Tuesday. That on Tuesday, he tells them to be So the question with this is, why does the Alter Rebbe stress the idea If you actually read that parsha, what happened on the second day, um, it actually tells them a few things. First of all, it says, um, you know, this is what you should tell to base Yaakov, Esagil of Bnei Yisrael. It says, you saw all that I have done to Mitzrayim, Esa Anchai Kanfei Yisharim, I brought you out on wings of evil, and I brought you to me to serve me. And now, now if you will uh, listen to my voice, and you will guard my bris, you will be for me a segula, a treasure from all the nations of the world. And then only, Pasik Vav, does it say, V'atun Tiyom Lachaskainim? So the question is, why is the Alta Rebbe, in a sense, taking the third Pasik um, and quoting that Pasik as what happened on the third day? Why doesn't he start right from the beginning? Atmer Isen. So why doesn't he start from Atmer Isen? We can give a Pshadis, because since we're talking about the preparations for Matan Taira, Atmer Isen is more Moshe Rabbeinu telling them in the past that you saw the great miracles that Hashem did, and the Alta is trying to focus more on what's relevant for the Yidin themselves. But Ibazai, it should have started off with the next Pasik, which starts talking about that if you will listen to my voice, you will be a Sugula from Kala Amin. So why doesn't it start from this idea of being a Sugula from all the nations? Why does it start from Pasik Vav, which talks about the Malachas Kainim? And the second question is the Altar puts in a Vagoymer. Vagoymer always means that it's the continuation of that Pasik is also relevant. So the continuation of the Pasik is Vagoy Kaddish. So so the question is that we're saying Goy Kaddish is relevant, so he puts a Vagaymer. But it's not completely relevant, or it's not as important, therefore he puts a Vagaymer. So we have to understand why. That Mamalachas Koinim, that's the main thing, and that's why the Alter Rebbe starts from there. Goy Kaddish has some type of connection, therefore he puts Vagaymer, but it's only a secondary type of connection. So, so to understand this idea, let's go into Parshas V'Yisroi and discuss exactly what does Mamalachas Koinim and Goy Kaddish mean. So Mamlachas Koinim, we find two main opinions in Roshonim, what it's referring to. We find the Ramban. Uh, he says it means Meshor Si Hashem. a kingdom of, uh, of servants of God, meaning as priests of God. This is also how the Targum Yonison translates it. Shamashim, those who serve me. Um, there's even an opinion from the Medrash that they, if they wouldn't have sinned, the Jewish people, everybody would have been able to be kainim to the extent that they could have eaten kachim in the base of Mikdash. The Kitzur Balaturim writes that, um, that if they wouldn't have sinned, they could have been kainim gedolim. And the Asad Lavai will be chayzer to that madrega of being kainim gedolim. So anyways, the idea is, atam tiyam lachas kainim, according to that gang, kainim means kapshutai, that they will be literally servants of Hashem, um, maybe even kainim. 
and maybe even Kayanim Gudaylam. The second approach is Rashi's approach. Rashi tells us that, what does it mean? Mamachas Kayanim. It says, Sarim, which means princes. Kamaydat Amar, just like it says in Shmuel Beis, Perches, Uvnei David Kayanim, and the sons of David were princes. And we know that the David was from Shevet Yehuda, but it calls his kids Kayanim. How could you call David's kids Kayanim? Alamai, there's a second interpretation of a Kayan. It doesn't always mean a servant. It could also mean the idea of a prince or a noble, a sar, um, an officer, different translations. The words for all the idea of someone in a very important position. So those are the two approaches. But the Shaila is, Rashi always explained things according to Kapshut HaShamikra. And we know that the word Kayan usually in the Ta'ara always means the idea of a priest, as Rashi himself says in two places. Rashi says in Vayigash Perk Memzayim Pasachot Beis, that Kol Lashen Kayin is Meshar Salat Every time there's a word Kayin, it means a servant to God. He mentions this the second time also in Parshas Tetzava, Perk Chavches Pasagimel, Valashen Kuhuna Shirasu, the expression of a Kuhuna is an expression of service. So Rashi himself says that every time he says the word Kayin, it means Shiras, and that is the Pshut Shemikra that Kayin usually means a priest, someone who's serving Hashem. So why over here by Mamachas Kainim does Rashi feel that he has to translate it specifically with the expression of a officer or a prince? And he actually has to bring a proof for that because it's not usually what is translated. So he has to bring a proof that we do find one time in Tanakh by Bnei David that they're also called Kainim. The explanation is, is that over here there's really different qualities that Hashem is telling the Jewish people that if which means if you accept upon yourself to do my mitzvahs and to guard the bris you're going to have different qualities there's going to be the there's going to be the idea of am sagula but then he continues and says also you're going to have the idea of a malach atam tiyu lemlachas kainim and a goy kaddish the question is what exactly is the difference between a mamlachas kainim and a goy kaddish so if we're going to translate Memlachas Koinim as a kingdom of priests, those who serve God, then what is Goy Kaddish coming to add? Goy Kaddish means a holy nation. What does it mean holy? Holiness Kaddish means to be separated. To be separated from this world, to be dedicated to Hashem. So isn't this just being repetitive? Once you're saying that there are Memlachas Koinim, then Goy Kaddish is not really adding anything. On the contrary, Memlachas Koinim seems to be like the highest you know, uh, type of holiness a person could be, the highest holiness that we have in Yiddishkeit is to be a Kayin. So Goy Kaddish just saying a general idea of being a holy nation is not really adding anything to what's being said before. So therefore, Rashi has to say that Goy Kaddish, therefore, Rashi says that Mamalachos Kainim, what it actually means is nobles, princes, and then Goy Kaddish is adding something. So that would fit very nicely. That what are the qualities that Hashem is giving the Jewish people if they accept the bris? So quality number one would be that they will be nobles. Uh, a second quality would be that they would be they would be the idea of even kayanim. So that's one way of learning. That's Papashas why Rashi learns that way. But the truth is, there's also another way how we can translate the word kayin. So usually, as we said, we have kayin means a, a, a someone who serves God. So in that explanation of serving Hashem, a kayin usually means the idea of literally serving the base of the person's a priest. But maybe you can give another pshat. Maybe kayin can mean the idea of serving Hashem, but not as a priest, but serving Hashem by doing Torah mitzvahs. And this could be another explanation, meaning is that they're 
And how would you translate the Pasuk according to this other way? Mamlachas Kainim. There are Mamlacha of servants. Kainim. Kapshutai. They are servants. What type of servants? Servants that are helping Hashem or serving Hashem by doing Torah mitzvahs. And then you have Gaikadish would be Kainim Kapshutai. Why doesn't Rashi learn that way? That actually would have a Maila. That you could say Kayan means a servant, like it usually does. It doesn't mean a servant in the base of Mikdash, but it means a servant in Torah mitzvahs. And then Gaikadish can add the idea that not only are they just the, doing Torah mitzvahs, but they're literally a Gaikadish completely separated and dedicated so the reason why you can't, Rashi is not satisfied with that pshat is for two reasons. First of all, because we never find that the word kain means someone who just does Tyra mitzvahs. A shomer Tyra mitzvahs is never called, a, we don't find anywhere that a shomer Tyra mitzvahs is called someone who's a kain. We find kain that it means someone who's serving in the base of Mikdash, or someone who's serving Lahavdil, other Vaidizaris. And other times we'll find kain means, to, like by Bnei David, we'll find that it means uh, princes. But we don't find that someone who just serves Hashem by doing Torah is called a priest. A priest is usually someone who's designated to serve Hashem uh, in a temple, um, in, in that type of idea. Like, Hashem to stand in front of Hashem, meaning in front of Hashem, means in the base of Mikdash, in front of the Kedosh HaKadoshim, and to serve Him. There's also a second reason why you can't just say it means guarding and doing the Torah mitzvahs. Is because if you look at the Pasik prior, it says, If you will accept upon yourselves to do my mitzvahs. So then you will have these three qualities. You become my Oitzer Chaviv, you will become a Mamachas Kainim, you become a Goy Kaddish. Meaning, is the condition itself to get these three qualities is keeping Torah mitzvahs. So if the condition is to keep Torah mitzvahs, so if the person is accepting upon himself to do Torah mitzvahs, then the quality that he receives that he becomes a person that keeps Torah mitzvahs, that doesn't make any sense. The Im Shemaitishmu is saying, if you become a Torah mitzvah, you accept that upon yourself, you accept the bris upon yourself, then you will get three qualities. So Mamlachas Kainim can't be the quality of being Shemir Torah mitzvahs, because that's the condition or to be. Get the, to get Mamlachas Kainim. Elamai, Mamlachas Kainim needs to mean something else. So since it can't mean priests, Kipshute, because that's what Gaikadish means, therefore we have to use the secondary translation of the word Kain that we find in less places in Tanakh, which would be the idea of nobles, that they're rulers, that the, that the qualities that they have is not only they will be priests and be dedicated to Hashem, but they also will have this uh, additional blessing that they will influence and have control over, over, uh, other countries, and other people. And that fits very well. Right? Rashi actually also brings the words V'atem Tiyu, Malachas Kenim, you will be. Why is he bringing the words V'atem Tiyu in the Divra Hamaschal? If the whole point of Rashi is explaining what does the word Kayin mean, that Kayin over here means a Tsar and it doesn't mean a priest, he should have just brought the word Kayinim. Why does he bring the word V'atem Tiyu Because he's trying to tell you that since it says V'atem Tiyu Li, V'atem Tiyu is part of the um, reward that Hashem is giving you. That because of the word of fulfilling Tarimitzis, you will become to me a Mamlachas Kainim. So that's how he knows that Mamlachas Kainim cannot just mean uh, a, a, a priest in the sense of doing Tarimitzis. It has to mean something more. And, and it has to be something which will be a reward, something which was a quality that they're receiving by doing Tarimitzis. And therefore Rashi tells us it must mean in this scenario uh, the idea of, uh, of, um, of being Sarim. So, to go a bit of weiter, what we're seeing over here from Rashi, let's read the Psukim, that through a Yid being a Kabul upon himself, the Tarmitzis, and to a Kabul upon himself, the Bris, Hashem rewards him with three qualities. The first quality is the idea of, as the Pasuk tells us, 
that you will be a segula, a treasure from all nations. And Rashi translates, this means like a precious, a cherished treasure with a, you know, like costly vessels and precious stones, which king store up. So again, so the first thing is that Hashem will choose us to make us very, very special to Him. The second thing would be the Malachas Kainim, that we will be nobles, officers, we will be rulers. And the third thing is will be a Kaikadish, would be the idea of priests were dedicated Kainim to Hashem. Now let's discuss this idea a bit deeper. What are these three qualities that the Jewish people have? So quality number one is that they are, Hashem chooses us to be an Eitzer Chaviv. What is the idea of choosing? So we've discussed this at other occasions. The Rebbe discusses it many times. But just one vart, which is relevant for our particular situation over here. The idea of Bechir choosing, there's many levels of choosing. There's a choice that can come because, let's say, uh, because of an emotion. You have certain emotional attachment to an object. So let's say you have the option of taking two idea, two, uh, two items, let's say two cars, and you pick one car. Why? Because this car reminds you of your childhood. There's an emotional attachment to it. There could be a, a choice which is based on intellect. I'm going to pick this car because I know it has more value, it, it's better for gas, etc. Sometimes you can make a choice based on intellect. The, the, the point, though, of both of them is that the choice is only coming because of the emotion or the choice is coming because of an intellectual uh, pro- thought process. So therefore, the choice itself is really secondary to the source. So, for example, if the person, uh, his emotions change, let's say he doesn't want to be reminded of his childhood, then he won't pick that car. If the person has a different seichel, you know what, even though this one's better on gas... Uh, he decides last minute that maybe I'll get this other one because there's some discount on it, whatever it is, then he'll change his choice. The choice is based on something. So if that something changes, then automatically the choice which is there also changes. So it's not a choice in its truest term. It's a choice which is based on something else. But then there's the idea of you know, the essential concept, the essence of a choice, the power of the, being able to choose. Uh, being able to choose in the deepest form is, is not based on anything external, except for the choice itself. Meaning like this. A person has the capability, let's say, let's say you, you, could, you can give a million dollars to uh, your son, or you can give a million dollars to a stranger. So, you know, emotionally you want to give it to your son, intellectually you want to give it to your son, naturally also, you know, biology, the teva, the father loves the son, the father wants to help the son, he wants to take care of the son. So even naturally, the teva, the father wants to give it to the son. But the father is able to make a choice not to give it to the son and give it to this stranger. Why? It doesn't have to make sense. The power of the choice is that he's able to go against everything that his body and his intellect and his emotion is telling him to choose something else. To say this maybe in a, with a better example, a person has the capability to be loyal to someone, even if it doesn't make sense. A person can be, make himself, you know, make a promise or swear, I'm going to be dedicated to you in every situation, even when it doesn't make sense. So even in situations where it's between this fellow and your family, this fellow and yourself, you've made the choice that you're going to dedicate yourself to him, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's at your detriment, even if it's at the detriment of your family, you will always choose him first. Why would you do that? You have responsibilities to your family. You love your family. Family comes first. True. But you're able to make a choice that goes against everything what you are, against everything that you stand for, 
you can make a choice which is pumpfarkert, exactly opposite of all of that. That, that is the truest idea of a choice. Uh, of course, it doesn't necessarily mean you will make a choice which is the opposite of who you are. I'm just trying to bring out that the power of the choices, it's not limited to uh, some aspect or some emotion or faculty that you have. The power of the choice could be more, uh, could, could, could override all of those other factors. That, that's the idea of a choice in its essence. So when we're talking about Hashem, when Hashem also has the ability, Hashem, the idea of choice really comes from Hashem. Because Hashem, there's nothing that limits Hashem. There's nothing that really influences Hashem. Hashem created everything. Hashem made everything. So any quality that we think or any nature that we have or any love or fear that we have or different things, Hashem doesn't have that. On the contrary, He's the one that created it. So true choice really comes from Him because He's above all the external factors. So when He makes a choice, it's because that's what He that's what he chooses. That's what he desires. That's what he wants to do. And it, again, it doesn't really make sense, but this is the power of the choice that you can go for. You know, you have the ability to choose good, choose life. The person has the ability to choose death. That's a godly power that you could, uh, that you have that capability that nothing controls you. That's why it's really, Bechir Chavshis is this godly power because in essence, nothing could really control you. A person always can make a decision. Um, so you can never say, oh, I had no choice. You always have a choice. Even if that other option would have been something that intellectually didn't make sense to, but you have that choice to do the opposite. So when it comes to Hashem, Hashem, when He chooses the Jewish people, He also uses this essential quality of choosing. He's not choosing us because we're smarter or choosing us because of our history. Ultimately, the reason why Hashem chooses us because that's what He he chose. This is His choice that Hashem wanted. Why? I don't know. But for whatever reason, within Hashem, his Bechir Chavshis, the truest choice that Hashem has, that's what he decides to pick. And, and, and the ultimate idea is because that's what he desires. He chooses what he desires. It doesn't need to make sense. But for whatever reason, for like just when a person decides to make himself loyal to a particular individual, and let's say even to his own detriment, the detriment of the family, why is he doing that? Because for whatever reason, biologically, very vast, something within him is telling him that this is the best way to go. I'm choosing this individual. This is the best way to go. So Hashem, within himself, he knows that this is the best way to go, to choose the Jewish people. And he uses that kayach of Bechira to choose us. And that is the first idea of the Oitzur Chaviv. And that's what Rashi is actually telling us in that Divra Maschal, in Divra Maschal Sugula, which he tells us that we are an Oitzur Chaviv. So he explained to us, he says like this, Do not say that you're the only ones that are mine, and there's no one else with you. And how else should I make your love apparent? Meaning is maybe you're going to say that Hashem really didn't have any choice. There is only the Jewish people that he could have chosen. Uh, you know, could be, if you want to say on one level, because, you know, maybe a very, very kapshuta, it's because the Jewish people are the only ones that accepted Hashem as a God. So what other choice did he have? You were the only ones that accepted the Torah. All the other nations said, no, they didn't want to keep the Torah. So maybe you're going to think that I had no other choice. I had to take you. So the Pasuk tells us, kala arts, that the entire earth is mine. Everything belongs to me. So if I wanted to, I could have chosen anything. It's not up to the people um, to make that decision that they, they will be my nation. Ultimately, I make the choice of who's going to be my nation. But nonetheless, I chose you. Not because you chose me. I chose you because I wanted to choose you. And then he says, and that therefore, everybody else in my eyes are And they are before me as they are not. They don't have any importance. So that's the idea of the Oitzur Chavi. The Hashem made that choice. The second level that we have over here 
is the Mechel Kainim and the third level Gaikadosh. So both of these is now we're shifting. That's how what the Jewish people are because Hashem chose us. That is our essential uh, greatness is Hashem had a Bechira. But then there's an additional point is the holiness that we have that we're able to um, develop. Hashem gives us the capability to be Amlachas Kainim and Gaikadosh. These are capabilities that Hashem gave us that we're able to, in a sense, draw Kadusha into the world. So there's the choice that Hashem chose us and that is really irrelevant about our actions because Hashem chose us uh, uh, for a, a, through this madrega, which is higher than, than good or bad. This is the essential choice of Hashem. But then there's also the other qualities that Hashem gave us, which these are qualities that gives us the capability to draw Kedusha down into the world. So the first one is the Malachas Kainim, which we said is a Malchus of, of nobles. That is the idea of we have control over our environment. Which this is the avoda of divrei b'shus b'chol derech ha'de'eu, and uh, um, to serve Hashem l'shem shemayim. This is the idea that everything that we deal with, even if they're not things in kedusha, we are able to bring them into kedusha. So even though these items are essentially divrei b'shus, but we have the capability to, through our avoda b'chol derech ha'de'eu b'chol masach yil l'shem shemayim, that these ideas could also be enveloped into the rishus of shemayim. So that is the idea of the control. The Tsar, the noble, the minister that has the capability to control the area around him. And then there's another level, is Goy Kaddish. Goy Kaddish, we said, is love lokainim. This idea of how we're separated and isolated, in a sense, from the world. We're Kaddish from the idea of Afrasha, Havdalah. This idea of Torah Mitzvahs, that we're dealing with things which are um, holy in their own right. So it's not the Rishus, but we're dealing with Devarim uh, Kaddishim, and we come connected to Hashem. So according to these three madrigas, let's look at the Pasuk again and see now how to read it. So it says, If you will listen to my voice, then you will become an Oitzer Chaviv. Wait a second. What does it mean if you will listen to my voice or accept my conditions, then I'll be an Oitzer Chaviv? Didn't we just say that the Oitzer Chaviv is the idea that Hashem chose us? And we're talking about a Darg of Hashem, which is higher than good and evil. It's higher than Tyramitzis. It's the essence of Hashem. When he makes a decision, not based on any external factors, but on the essence of who he is, he makes a decision. And it's not dependent on our deeds. So what does it mean that if you will follow my voice, or if you will accept upon yourself... Tyra Mitzvah and the Bris, then you'll become a Itzachavi. That seems very contradictory to what we're saying. So the Rebbe explains that no, Hashem chooses us, as we said the whole time, with his Bechir Chavshis. But our job is to be able to reveal these potentials that Hashem put into us. So just like there's a potential that we're Mamlachas Kainim and a Gai Kaddish, we have the potential to become a, a priest, but you know, nest, not, you know, a person, even if he's a priest, he could behave not like a priest. A person can be Mamlachas Kainim and not behave like this idea of a Mamlachas Kainim. So the same idea with the idea of a Oitzer Chaviv. It's based on our doing of the Torah Mitzvahs that we're able to reveal that we're an Oitzer Chaviv. If we, do, if we do everything against Hashem, you will still be the Oitzer Chaviv of Hashem. But you'll be, in a sense, almost like, uh, this is my own words, you'll almost be like an Oitzer Chaviv, which isn't in the king's palace. It's like, it's, it's, like a, it's, it's in, in the mud, buried in the ground. Uh, it, it, you're not going to be seen as the Oitzer Chaviv. Our job is to reveal the potentials of these three madrigas of the Oitzer Chaviv, the Malachas Kainim, the Gaikadish. Hashem gave us these qualities. But it's just in a potential form, and by listening and doing what Hashem wants, and by guarding the bris, we're able to reveal these Koiches from a Koich Alapayal. And... Ha'ara 48, the Rebbe says this idea in this, in this expression. He says, 
the reason why the Avoidus Amlachas Kainim and Gai Kaddish, they come as a continuation of a Ha'isam Nisagula, he says, because the Giloy and his Achtus, the revelation and the unity of this connection, the ability to reveal the unity and the connection that we have with Hashem, because Hashem chose us, that happens through the Kedushas Yisrael, meaning it's through the Malachas Kainim. And the Gai Kaddish, that actually helps reveal the Oitzer, uh, uh, that, that we were eight of Hashem. So basically, in other words, what the Rebbe is telling us, that how exactly the Memlachas Kainim, the Gai Kaddish, which is the next Pasuk, where Hashem gives us those qualities, besides being qualities in their own right, that you're, we have the capability of drawing Kedusha into ourselves, into our environment, it also has another quality, is that those Avedis also have the capability to reveal that we are the chosen one of Hashem. And the Rebbe says, Re'i Baruch al-Kaman, Ayn 408 v'ilach. Over there in that Sicha, that's Parshas Masoi, Chei L'Kudchas, Sicha number two, the Rebbe's talking about the two ideas that we have. There's an idea that Hashem chose us, Avon Bechart, Hashem chose us as His nation. And there's also the Kedusha that we have because Hashem loved the Avais. And he explains that what are these two ideas of Kedusha? Each one really has a mile in its own. The idea of Bechira has a mile because this is a connection that we have inside the essence of Hashem. It cannot be broken. This is, it's not only just it can't be broken, it is the deepest level. It's the essence of Hashem Himself. It's not a connection that we have, a created connection. Like if a connection comes through just Kedusha or something which was created, a light of Hashem, that means the connection that we have to Hashem is dependent on something else. When we're talking about the essence of Hashem, that means the connection that we have is to Hashem Himself, not to anything which comes from Him. It's, it's, it's to the Creator. So that's the, the mile of Bechira. But there's also this mile of Kedusha, of holiness, is that it, that's something which is Begiloi. Bechira is something that Hashem chose us. Hashem chose us, but not necessarily is that revealed within us that we are the chosen ones. That was Hashem's choice. The idea of Kedusha is that we're able to reveal holiness within ourselves, that we're able to reveal the godliness within ourselves. So that's the mile in Kedusha. And he says, ultimately... They need to work together because the idea of doing Tari Mitzvah by being drawn Kedush into yourself, that makes a person bottled. Ultimately, it, it purifies the person. It's Mavara the person, Mazachit the person to a level of Bittl that Hashem is able to be revealed within him. And that's ultimately the idea of what Bittl means. Bittl means not that you're nothing, but rather Bittl means that you're able to reflect Hashem. By a person doing Tari Mitzvah, and he's, he's a place which is Kedusha, as it says in Tanya, that Kedusha can only be Shaira on a Makim, which is Bittl, that's like. Meaning is that Kedusha is able to be expressed through a person that doesn't have things which are blocking it. So our goal by doing Tari Mitzvah is to be Doim Elabaira, is to be similar to Hashem and ultimately be able to reveal Hashem within our within our minds, within our emotions, and within our actions. So ultimately, the purpose of the Malachas Kainim, go back here in the Gai Kaddish, is to also have the capability to reveal this Bechir that Hashem within us. And by revealing the Bechir within us, that's ultimately the greatest power that we have. It's even greater than the Kedusha itself, because that is the choice of Hashem. That's the deepest connection that we have with Hashem. And as the Rebbe over there, and that other Sikha points out, from the famous Maimar Azar, it says, Tlas Kishran, um, there's three knots which are t- tied to each other. There's the Torah, um, the Yisrael Torah, and Hashem. There's three knots. So usually, what are the three knots? How do we learn the three knots? That through a Yid, learning Torah, he becomes connected to Hashem. But there's also the other way, that the Torah, through the Yidin, there's also a knot that goes the other way, that Hashem is tied to the Yid, who's tied to the Torah, which 
this is the idea that we're talking about over here. Ayid, through learning Torah mitzvahs, reveals his essential connection that he always had with Hashem, which is even higher than the Torah. This is the Bechira Hashem and the Jewish people. And by revealing that Bechira we have, we're actually able to be mamshed for the Aran Saif into the Torah. So into the Torah that we do, once we reveal that Bechira, it actually adds to the Torah itself. Um, so we're revealing our Bechira, that gives us a, a godly power which is beyond even the Torah. Is, is, is this that Hashem chose us? That's what the Rebbe says, but just to throw in maybe my own two cents, this also could explain, maybe, possibly, I don't know, maybe could also explain the idea of that Ayid is being mechadish in Torah. Ayid is able to come up with Torah Sai, the Torah is considered his Torah. Ayid is able to come up with Chadushim in the Torah. The idea being is because ultimately when you reveal that Bechir that you have, you become, you're revealing that godly power. So you're almost the balabas of the Torah. Therefore, you're also able to be machadish and come up with ideas in the Torah, just like Kiviyachal Hashem can come up and has chadushim in the Torah because Hashem is the originator of the Torah. So the Yid also has that capability. So the Rebbe also tells us that the Pratius, let's go a little bit more detail just for a moment, that we have this idea of the Eitzar Chaviv, which we said is the idea that Hashem chose us. But then we have the two Madregas of Malachas Kainim, Gai Kaddish, and Malachas Kainim is the Avoida, as we said, with Divrei Rishus, is, is, is transforming the world around us. And while the idea of Gai Kaddish is the focus on Torah Mitzvahs, things which are already holy. So we're, in a sense, focusing on the holy. He says, the Pratias, you could actually also say, even within Torah Mitzvahs itself, you really have these two ideas. You could learn Torah Mitzvahs in order to attach yourself to Hashem. Why am I doing Torah Mitzvahs? Because I want to be connected to Hashem. Or you could be doing Torah Mitzvahs because you want to be purify and elevate the world around you. Even more Bapratius, he says within Torah Mitzvahs itself, you can say like this, Torah, its main idea is the Seichel of Hashem. So a person learns Torah, becomes connected to Hashem with the greatest unity. While the idea of Mitzvahs is to work uh, with the physical items in the world, to elevate them. But the idea is, you know, that this idea of Goy Kaddish, Malachas Kainim, he's trying to show is that you have in many different forms. You have in a very general sense that there's the Divri Rishus, literally, which our purpose is to refine that. You have things which are Kaddish already, and our purpose is uh, to connect to those holy things and to elevate them to a greater level. Then within Torah Mitzvah itself, we, 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 within Torah Mitzvahs, which again, the, generally the idea of Torah Mitzvahs itself is Kedusha, but still within Torah Mitzvahs, it could be to connect ourselves to Kedusha or to purify the things that we're working on. Or within Torah Mitzvahs, Torah is more focused on attaching yourself, while Mitzvahs is the, the things that you're working with should become elevated. But that's all in the same category of Memlachas Kainim and Gekadish. So according to this, uh, we kind of we, we explain, let's just jump back a bit. You're talking about right why Rashi explains the idea of Mamlachas Kainim, that it means Sarim. And we said the reason why it must mean nobles is because of the idea of Goy Kaddish. Because what is Goy Kaddish adding? If Mamlachas Kainim and Goy Kaddish mean the same thing, it doesn't seem like it's uh, actually adding anything. So Elamai, Mamlachas Kainim is one thing. And then when it says Vi Goy Kaddish, the idea of Vi, an extra Vav, is coming always to add something. So it's, a, it's, a, it's another description. So Memlachos Kainim, Malchus of Kainim would be one topic. And then when it changes, it has a Vav, which means and. So it's adding another Tayar. And it actually even changes the word. V'goy Kaddish, um, that would be telling us another description, which we said is the idea of, of Kahuna. So now 
or maybe explain it also Why does Rashi feel that he has to explain Malachas Kainim, not Kapshutai, but has to do it as Sarma Pipinimis Inyanim? So there were quotes the uh, famous Gabar uh, in Mesachas Shabbos, Pechasim and Beis, where it talks about that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up Lamarim, the Malachim said, The Malachim told Hashem, Please leave your Torah in heavens. So Hashem turns to Moshe and tells him, Reply to them. So Moshe replies to Malachim, um, Did you guys ever go to Mitzrayim? Do you have a Yetzirah? Do you have parents? Do you do business? In other words, he was telling them, you guys don't deal with physical, with the physical world, so you don't need the taira, or you can't fulfill the purpose of the taira of making a dir b'tachtainim. So if you cannot fulfill the purpose of making a dir b'tachtainim, you can't keep the taira. Rather, it has to come to us, because we have the capability to make a dir b'tachtainim. Which, so what was this idea of dir b'tachtainim? That's why we got the taira. So if we look at the two descriptions that Hashem gave us, there was the Malachas Kainim, the Gai Kaddish, which one connects to the main purpose of why we got the Torah, is Mamlachas Kainim. Because we said Mamlachas Kainim is the idea that we're refining the world around us, while Gai Kaddish is more being involved in the Kedusha itself. So if Mamlachas Kainim is the idea of we're, we're, we're sorry, we're rulers, we're able to control our environment and to elevate it to Kedusha, that's actually the main reason why we got the Torah. Because the reason, if it was just to be able to draw down more holiness and to connect to Hashem, then it could have just stayed in the heavens as the Malachim were tining. But the whole answer of Moshe was, it's not just Ladaf Kabai to be Moshev and Kedusha, but rather it's to make this world of Derech Tainim. So this is why Rashi says, Malachas Kainim, what's the first job? What's the first reason why we ought to Torah? The main reason, it's that you, Atem Tiyu Malachas Kainim, that you will be a Malachas Kainim, that our main Avaidah, uh, definitely our first Avaidah, would be this idea of Malachas Kainim to purify the world. And then, to make a completion of that, then we have the idea of Gai Kaddish, which that completes that Avaidah. Because it's Dafka through the idea of Gai Kaddish, but we also have this Indian of Bittl. And both of them are very necessary. We, on one hand, we need the idea of being able to refine the world. But on the other hand, in order to um, have Hashem completely revealed within ourselves, as we were speaking about before, then in order to reveal this Eitzur Chavi, this that Hashem chose us to be a Skulim Kalamim, there needs to be the union of Bittl. So that would be the union of Gai Kaddish. So the main Avaidah is to elevate the world around us, but we don't just want to elevate it to a level where we're still two, still two separate things, uh, there's us and Hashem, it, we ultimately want to reveal, we, we bring this world to such a level that to become a Gai Kaddish, that the world itself is able to reveal Hashem within it and reveal this Inyan of Bechira, which is in it. R72, the Rebbe says this. He tells us, first of all, that the idea of Gai Kaddish and other Mamarim tells us it's the Inyan of being Mekaddish Atzbecha B'Mutalacha, that even things which are permitted, you should sanctify yourself with. Meaning is it's an idea of tachlis abitl that any nothing in this world is for yourself. Everything is just for Hashem. So even things which are mutalachah you don't look at. Why? Because your whole purpose is bitl completely being nullified to Hashem. Which that's this idea of goy kaddish, which you said was within kedusha itself. So here we're talking about how goy kaddish is the idea of complete bitl to Hashem. So udi So the kavana like this is like this. That the gay kaddish completes the avoid of the malachas kainim. He says the ultimate completion of the pula va'ilam, the ultimate completion of dira of Hashem b'tachtainim is when the person is b'tulagamri, because you have the idea of tachtainim that's done through malachas kainim. But if you want to have a dira, a dira is dafka through the union of bittul, because a dira is a place where you feel comfortable in, so you can make a dira for 
someone, but the person doesn't feel comfortable there. It's only a dira if it's a lichtich dira. It's a place that you feel comfortable. So if someone makes you a house, but it's not your personality, yes, there's a house there, you can live there, but all the furniture and everything around it is not really you, it's not going to be an ultimate dira for you. It has to be a dira which reflects who you are. The dira needs to be bottled to the person in that sense, that it reflects who the person is, and therefore the person feels comfortable. And that's the idea of Goy Kaddish, this complete bitl tashem. And now... We can understand why the Alter Rebbe, Dafka brought in, he says on the second day, what's the void of the second day? Was the idea of Mamlachas Kainim Vagaymer. So the main idea of the second day is Mamlachas Kainim, because the main reason why we got the Torah is to make a Dura Bechtach Tainim. There was the Torah, how the Ovis had it, the main purpose would have been this idea of connecting to Hashem, this idea of Dveikus. And that's why the Malachim are saying, what, you're going to give the Torah to them? They're doing the same thing as us. Look at the Avis, and until that period of time, they're, they're doing Dveikas, but the Malachim have a higher le- level of Dveikas. But ultimately, Moshe Rabbeinu replies, that's not the, pur- the whole purpose, not just Dveikas, the purpose is to make a Dveikas, so it needs to be the Birer. But with making that Birer, which that's the Malachas Kainim, there's also the Vagaymer. What's the Vagaymer? Is that we also have to complete that Avaida. So it's, Come second, and it may be secondary, the main thing we need to focus is on the Tachtainim, but we also have to focus to make it a Lichtachadira. That's why the Alter does hint to this idea of a Gaimer, because ultimately it's also through the Bittl that helps reveal the Kedusha in the world and the Nyam that we, that we are working on. Everybody have a, a Kabbalah Satara B'Simcha U'Pneemius.